You're listening to the Gimme 5 Podcast, episode 19. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here to get through this thing called the Give Me Five Podcast, electric podcast that Give Me Five Podcast, where we discuss five things that entertain us or caught our attention this week. I'm Greg, and I'm here with Rob. Hi there. And Jimmy. Let's go crazy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this week, we are going to chat about Psych, the movie. We're going to chat about the Walking Dead mid-season finale, the potential... Impending. Disney. Impending. Imminent possibly imminent, Disney and 21st Century Fox deal. A brand new album by Cannibal Corpse that came out earlier uh, last month. And better watch out, a Christmas horror movie right up our alley. Jimmy? Before we get started today, I would like to sincerely apologize and express my condolences to the family of Mike Hagar, former professional wrestler and mayor of Metro City, I wrongly stated in our previous episode that Mr. Hagar was a playable character in the side-scrolling beat-em-up Streets of Rage. Mr. Hagar was actually a playable character in Final Fight. Please accept my apology. We got so many letters about that. So many. <laughs> we were I sweating so bad the day after. So, guys, this is a review show, and there will be spoilers, especially in this episode. We will try to avoid it. Wait, not this time. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, screw you guys we're spoiling everything <laughs> yep for example if you did not know that cousin eddie lost his job and can't afford christmas presents this year or that greg will be eating all the cookies and milk that you left out for santa and he won't be wearing many clothes at all yeah actually um, i'm a little lactose intolerant so maybe go with the lactate milk and um, when it comes to the cookies i really don't like nuts they're just edible wood leave out the nuts i want to enjoy my christmas cookies my and cookies will be raised. I'll see you after you fall asleep, Greg. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Something along those lines was coming. <laughs> I did. I did. So, always ready for that. <laughs> as always, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. And you can reach us on Gmail with the Give Me Five podcast at Gmail. Got, uh, that is incorrect. You can find it. You can email us. Give me five podcast at gmail.com. There is no the in front of it. So as always, leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using. It really helps us stand out from the crowd. And we need to call out to all of our listeners and ask us to send in your top five anythings of 2017. Top five movies, top five discoveries, top five anything. Uh, whatever your top five is for 2017, we want to hear about it. We might discuss it on our on one of our shows coming up. So guys... We got anything new? When we started this podcast, the three of us were wanted to do just a fun type podcast where it wasn't overtly political or, you know, we, we are well aware that there are bad things that happen in the world and we want to talk about it. It's not like we don't know this stuff is happening. We just want to talk about movies, music, books, video games, all that kind of stuff. Stuff and we like. We'll, yeah, and we'll make big deals over things like the EA problem or a movie that should be good and wasn't. We'll do that kind of stuff. But, or that Hagar was in Final Fight and not yeah. Streets of Rage. Exactly. But it doesn't mean that we don't 
understand that there are big things going on in the world. However, when there's stuff that actually could possibly affect us, we can't just kind of let it sit there. So uh, we are well aware that tomorrow, uh, we are recording on Wednesday night, the 13th, and tomorrow the FCC is voting to most likely, in fact, it's going to happen, gut net neutrality. Which is a terrible idea. Yes. So whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or a Libertarian, you don't want this to happen. Um, There are basically three ISPs out there, AT&T, Verizon, and Comcast. And giving them the power to either slow down what websites you see or hide them completely or censor what you're seeing is a bad idea. Terrible. I mean, imagine even if you... This is a Republican FCC that is doing this, and a lot of Republican senators have been bought by various companies, and some some are against this. I was going to say, it is important to note that there there are several Republicans who are against it. Yeah. Um, There is a bill to to stop this. Um, There's a lot of information you can get on this, so you don't have to just kind of hear it from us. But regardless of what side you sit on, so imagine if a huge Democratic donor can buy an ISP and all of a sudden you can't get to, to Fox News whether you like it or not, or the other way around. Imagine a huge Republican donor gets massive amounts of pull in Comcast, and all of a sudden you can't get on Huffington Post or whatever site you want. Um, it should not be centered, censored. The internet was made for free uh, exchange of information, and I think that gutting net neutrality is going to hurt that greatly, regardless of whatever the talking points coming out of the FCC are. Right. Um, and and one of one of the examples that I got that that really kind of like summed it up for me. And you know, it, you can you can correct me if I'm wrong in how I interpret this, Greg. But you know, the example is is that say your internet service provider and Google get in an argument. Like your internet provider wants Google to pay them a fee to make their site accessible. Google says, "No, we're not going to do that. We're big enough that we don't need to do that." And the internet service provider says, "Oh well, no, you're not. We want money from you. You know what? None of our." None of our clients now have access to Google. They could actually do that. Yes, that's pretty much right. Um, some people don't think that they call it government overreach because it was put in place by, by the Obama administration. And what they basically said is that the Internet needs to be regulated like a utility, which means that your electricity, you can if you use more of it, yes, you pay more. But they can't go in and be like, oh, you know what? You used some electricity for a refrigerator, which is fine. But you use some for playing video games, which you get an additional 10 cent fee for. So that's kind of how it works utility wise. That's why it's regular like utility. They can't tell you what you can and can't use the, the electricity for just how much. And that that's understandable. You know, if you're if you're streaming movies, you're going to use more Internet. That's fine. But they shouldn't be able to throttle it back so you can't do it because that leads to way too much possibility of censorship. Or um, the or the charging of exorbitant fees to untether your Internet. Yeah. So I highly say don't just take our words for it. You know, we we try not to get political on this kind of stuff. And as a result, I would like to say go do the research yourself. Um, mm-hmm. There are places you can go. If you want to look some stuff up, you can look at, at battleforthenet.com. Uh, you can also go to go FCC yourself if you'd like to, after you've read about it, make notes. And that's where you can actually go to the FCC website and complain about this, although those those notes will probably go unread. Um, and just look around at all of the people that built the internet, all of the people that, you know, Steve, Steve Wozniak, uh, who's, uh, was it line who developed the HTML Linus something. Um, they all just put out a letter 
imploring people to stop. The heads of you know, Apple, IBM, uh, almost every streaming company have put out letters saying, don't allow this to happen because it's going to lead to bad things. So uh, be aware. And that is the probably one, the, one of the times we'll get political on this show because it does affect every media company, every business. Anyone that wants to have a presence on the internet is going to get screwed over by this, except for the three big ISPs. Mm-hmm. It's designed solely to line their pockets. Exactly. And now, what else is going on? Hard to follow that one up. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, I, I said in the last episode that I was really, really looking forward to um, talking about Guillermo del Toro's new movie, The Shape of Water. And apparently it hasn't gotten a mass release. So um, I'm going to have to wait a few more days to catch it at the Enzian, which we've talked about several times. Uh, hopefully on Friday. So I don't, some other movie comes out on Friday. I, I, I don't know. I can't remember what it is. But <laughs> hopefully I'll be talking about that next week. We'll tell you what movie it is next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, apparently uh, it comes out at the end, not the other movie, but The the Shape of Water is going to be at the Enzian as of 9.15 p.m. on Thursday, December 21st. So. Nice. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll be talking about it soon. Also of note, or ju- just as a side note, I actually did watch um, What We Do in the Shadows as well. Ooh. I watched, oh. I watched it just this past week. And I, think? I will say that, Jimmy, I agree with you. Greg undersold it. But I also believe that you oversold it. Um, I was kind of somewhere in the middle. I, I found it enjoyable. I found it entertaining. There were definitely scenes that I laughed out loud at. But it wasn't like the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Um, I said it was one of the funniest things oh, ever. Okay, okay. Um, it, it was enjoyable. I, I did like it. Um, there were some great lines. Uh, the the li- one of the lines that I'm remembering off the top of my head is he was talking about doing something stupid like making a mask out of crackers and getting attacked by ducks. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, that's awesome. I feel like that movie is one of them that gets funnier every time you see it. Yeah. yeah. And that's entirely possible. And, and and it could be that there that there will be things that I pick up the second time around that I didn't pick up the first time around. Um but I it, I did enjoy it, but I but I'm kind of right in the middle. I, I would say Greg undersold it and I thought you oversold it a little bit. But that's okay. Fair. Um I uh, speaking of, I can't remember the name of the movie that comes out on Friday, but I was in uh Disney Springs on Sunday night. And got to check out their uh, really cool tree trail where they have a bunch of Christmas trees mm-hmm. dressed up like their their different movies. And they have uh, snow, which is very cool. Um, although I wouldn't suggest eating it because it's not snow. Uh, it's actually soap. So not saying that I did, but, you know, just putting that out there. Um, I totally ate the soap. Yeah, I did. He did. Uh, Secret, Secrets of the Empire opens on Saturday. Oh, nice. Yes, and it is by the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. They had a special advanced opening of it the night that I was there. They had it all blocked off with some shrubbery. A shrubbery! (laughs) So I kind of saw the inside. So we talked about this before. Uh, Star Wars Secrets of the Empire is uh, a new VR interactive experience that's opening at Disney Springs on the 16th. 
and you can go to www.thevoid.com to learn more. You can also buy your tickets. They are $30 a person, which for what it looks like in the previews, I don't think is very bad at all. So, so here's the thing. Do you think the three of us can get together and go do that one weekend? I would be into it. I would be into it. Just got to give me a couple of weeks. Awesome. So like after Christmas, because I'll be traveling. Okay. Okay. All right. I may not wait that long, but we'll see. Okay. Rob's going to be that person that goes like 20 times and then brags that his score is higher than ours. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. He has been known to send me pictures of his score on the Buzz Lightyear ride. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Well, admittedly, it was break the scoreboard high. It was like, yes, it rolled over, but I'm pretty sure he got stuck on it for like an hour. No, actually, I didn't. Yeah. But mm. there's um that I don't want to give away my secrets or anything. It's okay. Um, we only have like a hundred and something listeners. They won't tell anybody. <laughs> but the um there there's also two things you should know about that is that the the max score that you can get on the Buzz Lightyear ride is nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Um, if you score nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine at the end of the ride, you tell them that you're the galactic hero that you scored galactic hero. And they will actually give you a special sticker with Buzz Lightyear on it. That says that it says galactic hero, 999,900, whatever. So they actually have a reward for actually scoring that high. Um, And then they take you up behind the building and beat you senseless. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, is, and, and I'll, I'll give you a little tip that there are special targets that you hit that are worth more than others. Uh, And I'm sure those are nowhere on the internet. The absolutely not anywhere on the internet. Well, you won't be able to find them after tomorrow. So yeah, not, you're gonna have to. <laughs> yeah, you have to pay for that information. Yep, you'll have to go underground, man. That's right. But but yeah, there there are certain targets that are worth like a hundred thousand every time you hit them. Okay, they're mean? not easy. They're not easy to hit. I mean, it's it's definitely not something that I do every time I go. We get it, Rob. You're good at it. <laughs> well. No, because I, I've only scored the 999,999 once. But mm, come on. But when he did, he texted it right to me. I did. How I many times, him. really? What, th- that score? Only once. I've gotten close a lot. I've gotten like like um, 950,000. I've gotten 980,000. I've gotten 890,000. But yeah. Nice. Well, let's, uh, let's go into our, our five for the week. I think uh, what we are going to do this week is we're going to do some reviews, and we're also, of course, going to talk about uh, some major news, possibly out of the uh, Disney Studios and Fox, 21st Century Fox. And uh, let's but let's talk about something we hit on last week, where I was said that I was really excited that they kind of snuck out a psych psych the movie uh, back on TV, psych the TV show back on TV for the first time since, as Jimmy told me the other day, uh, March 26, 2014 was the last time it aired. Yes. Nice. And it really shows the to me the power of fandom. You know, they it had mm-hmm. a huge following. They were passionate. Um I don't I don't think the show ended because of poor ratings. I think it was just time. Mm-hmm. And the the creators wanted to do other things. I mean, I've seen the guy that plays Gus. Um I've seen him. He's currently on the uh that football show with the Rock on HBO. He plays the general manager of the Dolphins of all of all things. But <laughs> you could probably do a better job than the guy in charge. Probably true. And he actually plays a villain, which is kind of interesting. Although but, they did do a very good job this past week. That is true. 
Yes. Good work, Dolphins. Beat those Patriots. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Get them angry for when they played the Steelers this week. Thank you. <laughs> we are now all huge Jay Cutler yeah. fans. I'm, I'm getting a Jay Cutler tattoo on my left pectoral muscle, which I don't actually have pectoral muscles, but whatever. Anyway. Like Jason Momoa. Right yeah. So, right underneath the Charlie Batch yeah, one. <laughs> good, good reference. Okay, anyway. Uh, so, like the movie. Um, it was back... And it was fun, and I I read one article, and it really said, spelled it out to me. It was it was just enough time for the banter to seem fresh again, and to not be seem formulaic, because there were so many moments where I was like, oh, I remember that stuff. I remember those type of jokes. I remember the nicknames. I remember that kind of stuff. Uh, what did you think, Jimmy? Because I know you watched it. Yeah, I have watched um, a few episodes, not you know nearly as much as as you have. Um, but I thought it was fun. I thought it was funny. I thought there were enough references that went back to the series that I didn't get. Um, like, why were they driving a, like, driver's ed car? Um, I guess that's been explained in the show. But there were some references in there that, you know, went back to other movies. You know, the, the Gremlins thing. Yeah. It, it carried through the, the uh, Gin Blossoms. Um very they weird even cover made a, the Gin Blossom song too. Yeah, really funny. Um, but they also did a American Werewolf in London throwback, yeah. and I melted when Sean runs back into the asylum and he says, "Gus, stick to the road, keep clear of the moors, beware the moon." Yep, I caught that as well. <laughs> Sold. Yeah, they the cast was back and it really seemed like they were having fun. They, you know, uh, Gus, Juliet. Uh, Woody, who is the the, mort- the mortician, who was awkward and always liked to, uh, uh, to eat while he was doing mortuary stuff. And they, they were just all back, but um, one of the characters was not uh, Timothy Omenson, who played Lasseter, who was like the, the by-the-book uh, police officer that hated the main character, Sean. Uh, he actually had a stroke, like, right as they were about to start filming. Oh, man. So he was on board. Um, you uh, You probably remember him. Rob, because he was in uh, that musical that they did the 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 musical comedy medieval thing they had for two seasons. Mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. he played the the evil king who wasn't really all that evil, but right. he had a stroke and um, apparently he's getting better. Uh, they but they did put him in the show a little bit. They had him kind of FaceTime in at one point. It actually sort of fit the story a little bit, but seeing him did remind you that like he was a major key to making the show work because he was the one that was kind of against everything that was going on with this. If you don't know what psych is, it's a guy who was basically trained as a kid by his father to be able to spot clues and be a good investigator. And he was kind of plays a, it off. Like he's a psychic. Yeah, he plays it off. Like he's a psychic. Cause he was just a big slacker. Um, and they're just, I don't know. I had a really good time. Did you catch all the uh, guest stars? Yes. Uh, I, I did not immediately recognize Charlotte flair. That one I caught, um, Ralph Macchio somehow I missed. That one I got immediately, and it was hilarious and weird. And then there was a voice. They had um, Zachary Levi, which is funny because last week when I was talking about the show, I mentioned like, oh, it was this time of like these comedic action shows like Chuck and Zachary Levi, who was Chuck, played one of the villains. Uh, John Cena showed up at the end, and John Cena had been in the show before. Uh, There was an interview with the director. It was neat. He said that they gave John Cena one of his very first acting gigs before he started, before he did like the Marine and some of those movies. And he remembered mm-hmm. that. And when it, so as soon as they call the call went out, he said, whatever you need me to do, like 
no pretense, no talk to my agent, nothing like that. He said, you gave me the first chance, I'm there. Uh, and the way he showed up at the end, there's a pretty good chance if this did well, which it did, that there's going to be a sequel. And he shows, since he showed up at the end, it's kind of the cliffhanger and he'll probably be one of the main characters in the cliffhanger. Yeah, that cameo was pretty, pretty damn funny. Now, they even had S.E. Hinton nice. in it. I don't know if, and I'm assuming you guys know who S.E. Hinton is, right? If you, Not offhand. Maybe if you if, tell me. If you had bit. fifth grade English, you probably read one of her books. The uh, She wrote The Outsiders. So, yeah. And they had a, a – where her voice was the voice of like a pony something. So they they actually had her. Oh, Stay Golden. Yep. Got it. Yeah, that was her voice, which I thought was kind of funny. Stay Golden Pony Boy, right? Uh, yeah, that's what it was. And then, uh, of course, for Jimmy – a Pokemon reference. All right, which I do take a little bit of issue with. Ah. I, I was waiting for that. So they're, you know, running into this asylum. They're investigating, and Gus pulls out his phone, and Sean, they're the two main characters. Sean turns to him and says, you are not playing Pokemon Go right now. And Gus says, come on, man. You know how I, it's how I handle my stress, which was really funny. And he says... I've got a 10K egg that I'm about to hatch, and I think a Jigglypuff is in there. You know, I thought that was... Okay, I appreciate that, and I thought it was funny, but Jigglypuff really doesn't hatch from 10K eggs. (laughs) Greg, put on your nerd voice. Uh, Yes, uh, Jigglypuff doesn't hatch from the 10K egg. There you go. Uh, I would probably <laughs> smash my phone if I hatched the Jigglypuff from That's a That's actually what I thought was funny. I didn't know that part. But what I thought was funny was that, one, how does he know what's going to hatch out of the egg? Two, why would he be excited about that? And I figured that was just like someone just randomly picking a funny name, like a writer. <laughs> but I did not know that that, in fact, did not happen from a 10K egg. So now you know, and knowing is half. And knowing is half the battle. Right. Well, I, I mean, it could hatch... From a 10k egg, but, but if it does, Jimmy breaks his phone. It's and then he doesn't get to go with that Star Wars thing. Yeah, no, it doesn't hatch from a 10k egg. It looks like <laughs> good, good work, <laughs> research department. Right on. Our, our nerds are on point. See, I knew it. No, I knew it. I wanted to cross reference and double check that because I knew it didn't sound right. So there you go. Excellent. Uh, they could have used a better research exactly. department. So psych the movie. Uh, it did well, so there'll probably be a sequel. If you guys want to watch it, of course, it already aired on USA. And, of course, USA plays things a million times. But it is also available on the usanetwork.com. You can stream it for free. You don't have to pay for anything. Well, currently, you don't have to pay for anything. But if you want to see it, if you love the TV show Psych, if you like something lighthearted, that is probably one of the things you should turn towards. And it is Christmas-themed, so it could be considered a good Christmas time watch. You know, If you're bored on Christmas, you don't like basketball or your family, you can watch Psych. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah guys you know like i i I said i've only seen a few episodes of the series i still thought it was really funny i thought it was really enjoyable so check it out look for the references and let us know what you think all right guys so we are going to transition into something also (laughs) lighthearted, and that would be the newest release from heavy metal, death metal, titans, originals, legends, Cannibal Corpse. Their new album, Red Before Black, was released on November 3rd. So I've had 
a good time to process it, to listen to it, to, to really kind of search and see what I think of it. And it's heavy. It's it heavy really metal. Is. Oh, it's, it's heavy, heavy metal. It's, it, I listened to it today as well. And I will tell you, I, I got to track about track five and it's exhausting. You had to take a break. It's exhausting. It's not bad. It's just exhausting. Cause I was working to it and it's like, there's, so much going on and it's it's kind of recorded in a way where you can actually catch all the parts at once which is usually rare for me with death metal yeah um there's uh, there are really talented musicians you know the current lineup the drummer paul mazurkowitz who is an underrated drummer you know has been going with the band since 1989 uh as has the original bass player alex webster who is an incredible bass player um, if you ever get a chance, you want to do YouTube videos of Alex Webster solos or Alex Webster bass parts. He's got other bands too. He's got experimental heavy metal bands, uh, kind of progressive kind of stuff where, you know, the bass is heavily featured and it's also very noticeable on the album. Like Greg said, you can pick the bass line from the guitar and there's so many points where, you know, the guitar is so fast, but Alex Webster is also so fast and he, he can keep up with the guitar and it's, it's really harmonious in the most evil way possible. So how, how did you first hear uh, cannibal corpse? Ace Ventura pet detective. Nice. Which is pretty much how most people heard about them. I actually heard of, I didn't hear their music until that movie, but I was a he, I was a huge fan of Vince Locke's album covers. At least yeah. I was horrified by them. And you would see them at this the one of the record stores I would go to Specs Music in the Town Center Mall. Woo woo. Uh, used to have God, those. It's right. been a long time since I heard that name. Yeah, Specs it would be. Music. They had their covers right out in the open, and then there was another more corporate record store at the other end of the mall that would have them blocked off. <laughs> and I was I was just appalled. And as you put here, they're they're family men which is interesting. They are. They very much are. And they are very, very nice people. I've met Alex Webster at, uh, actually at a cannibal corpse show. He was out in the crowd and my friend and I were standing next to him and we were both totally starstruck because we'd both been listening to cannibal corpse for such a long time. And this bass player, Alex Webster was, you know, is my really good friend's, idol in terms of bass playing and after we finally said you know hey he alex webster he shook my friend's head uh <laughs> shook my friend's hand <laughs> shook his head oh, hit me <laughs> snapped um, his neck clean and that yeah. was it he shook his hand and he said hey man thanks you know it's it's because of people like you that you know i don't have to paint houses for a living anymore hey man um <laughs> hey man uh, but you know, I've also seen George Corpse Grinder Fisher, who, uh, you have probably heard of as a huge World of Warcraft fan. Um, if you Google pictures of Corpse Grinder, you can see prominently displayed on one of his forearms is a horde tattoo. So that's who his alliance is with. Um, and you can also find videos of him shopping at Target for clearance items on YouTube as well. So this big giant and his Instagram is littered with pictures of him at Disney World. Yeah, nice. um, Corpse Grinder was actually interviewed, and 
a question was posed to him. You know, your your Instagram is so like happy. You wouldn't expect that from a you know front man for this death metal band. And he's like, you know, with so much bullshit that goes on in the world, to paraphrase, you know, why am I gonna just add another source of that? You know, to to uh, you know to really focus on the the bad things. So while their music. Yeah, if you read their lyrics, it's not so nice things. But as George Corpsegrinder Fisher himself puts it, you know, these are short horror short stories that we write and put to music. You know, they're all huge horror movie fans. And that's what they're writing. That's their art. Mm-hmm. You know, nice. they're not out – as, you know, Bob Dole would say otherwise is in 1994. Uh, was Dole. Undermining the national character of the United States. And, uh, you know, this was the year that actually Corpse Grinder joined the band um, after Chris Barnes was, I, I believe, unceremoniously kicked out for being a total psychopath. But <laughs> who knows? They're, not, they're not out promoting murder. They're just writing horror stories. So... Yeah, Red Before Black. I mean, it's it, it's Cannibal Corpse. Uh, they're they're not going out on any limbs here. They're not really pushing the boundaries of anything. It's just heavy. It's Cannibal Corpse, and it's a fun listen. Like Craig said, it's exhausting. Put it on when you get on the treadmill or when you go to work out. You're gonna put 110 percent into it. Yeah, and check like, it out. I, I really like the music of Death Metal. I, just, I always have a hard time with the vocals. I need a little more melodic vocals. This have this definitely has kind of the Cookie Monster vocals but if Mm. you like i was able to key in because of the way this one is recorded i was able to cue in on the music and i think it was i think it's the first track on the album Mm -hmm. was that the song you were talking about where the bass and the car kind of go neck and neck that is in the midst of ruin okay there there are actually it, it the first track as well yeah it was upon it was, further listening into it. Because I was just planning on listening to a couple songs just for this, and then I, I got into it and mm. kind of kept going Good. as I was doing work and then on my drive home. I did run at least eight other people off the road and, <laughs> um, and then beat one of them to death with a tire iron from my trunk. But I was just in a bad mood. It might not have had anything to do with the music. My, no, not you, at all. You could have been listening to... Kenny G. Yanni. Yeah. I was going to say Eddie Murphy, but that works. So check it out, guys. Uh, Cannibal Corpse. They are awesome. I love those guys. I have for many years. As of right now, it's as I said before, it's Wednesday. There are rumors swirling that tomorrow night that Disney is going to announce that they're absorbing 20th Century Fox. And everybody's nervous. And there's pros and cons to this, and I, I kind of want to discuss those with you guys and, of course, our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Me too. Yeah. So when I, when I say that, let me just kind of explain for all of you guys out there. what this, Use guys. What Listen this up, means. use guys. Yes. Use guys. What this means, uh, 20th Century Fox specifically has, um, has the rights to the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and a bunch of their villains. There is, of course, some crossover between those characters and the other Marvel characters from the Avengers universe, 
that Disney currently owns. This is a problem, but the reason that Fox has it was because Marvel, back before Disney acquired them, Marvel was going broke and sold off these these things. Um, Fox has done pretty decent things money-wise with these characters, um, including, I believe, three TV shows that are currently running. Um, one on Hulu, the the Runaways, uh, Legion, and on FX, which is a Fox channel, and uh, The Gifted, which I talked about earlier, which is on, I believe, FX as well. And the but the deal is bigger than that. This is pretty much every entertainment property that 20th Century Fox has. So that means what Avatar, Avatar, yes, uh, The X Files, Simpsons, Family Guy, yep. Basically everything mm. on the Fox networks would be owned by Disney. Uh, Deadpool, of course, which is an ex an ex uh, character. Um, it also could mean, on the positive side, that Marvel will have to stop trying to slam the Inhumans down your throat because I hate those characters and could care less about them. And every comic and TV show is trying on the Marvel side is trying to make those guys a thing. They're not a thing. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> that's that's well, inside. So what do I, you guys think? I have, I have another question and and this may be this may be um revealing how how ignorant I am of of things like this, but does Fox own Fox News? That is a th- yes, the, I mean it's this the Murdoch family owns both of them. So how does that work? Because if I'm not mistaken, isn't Disney of the opposite political affiliations of Fox News? Well, Disney is theoretically apolitical. They don't want they they will not take a stand because very similar to Michael Jordan, you know, as Michael Jordan said, Republicans buy shoes too. Uh, Disney basically mm-hmm. would say, you know, Republicans see movies well, too, but, as do Democrats. Well, but my question is: is if that's Disney's stance, uh, 20th, what happens to Fox News? Twentieth Century Fox and Fox News are two completely different entities owned by the same person. Okay, okay, so they're not getting Fox News then. Correct. Okay. Okay. Uh, it would is is it correct to assume that then Fox New Fox would basically be a news company? Uh, if you want to call that news, correct. Yes, they. <laughs> <laughs> and we know where Greg stands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that is. Uh, they would all of their assets would be going towards that. Now, this is the part I don't understand and really can't speak to too much, but it's something that you guys <laughs> out there can look up. There are some there are some rules related to owning news and owning TV shows that this is helping get around. And I don't know what those are. Like they were hinted at in an article, but they were about as vague as that and I don't know if it's perhaps cross promotion. Or something like that, but I, there was something there that was they were on the borderline of some sort of antitrust thing or something. But okay, um, hmm. uh, and I, I mean the other part of that is the fact that Murdoch, that owns 20th Century Fox and Fox News, is getting older, and it's possible. so they're worried about that for antitrust, and they don't give a crap about net neutrality. Never mind. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um. So. Yeah, there, there's how old is Rupert Murdoch? I know it starts in the ones. Yeah, <laughs> very, very. You're welcome for that psych joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yet another psych joke. So, um, 
So what do you guys think? So first of all, let's just talk about the, the comic nerd side of it. Um, the X-Men meeting the Avengers. I, as far as the comic side is concerned, I, I am excited for it, except for the one instance that we've already discussed on, I believe one of our previous episodes. Um, I, I think Disney can do a great job with all of the properties that they've acquired, except for Deadpool, because I don't know that Disney can allow them to continue to have the, the R rating and still maintain the Disney moniker. Okay. I have a point to that. Okay, go ahead. Um, I think as recently as 2011, 2014, um, rated R titles have been released uh, by the distributor Touchstone, which is a Disney company. It's a Disney property or a Disney. Dis- it's a Disney property um, where Disney was releasing rated R films um, through the name Touchstone. Okay. So I almost wonder if the more adult oriented titles because you know greg and i were having this discussion today deadpool Mm -hmm. had a huge opening i think it made more money than almost any other movie that year if i remember correctly it was it was high and any other r-rated movie yeah it 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 would be in disney's best interest to make that happen somehow especially Mm -hmm. with like deadpool 2 already being filmed um I, for one, would be really excited to, to see part two. I know you would too, Rob. I know mm-hmm. you would too, Greg. I think it would be a shame for that to happen. I think that has a lot of people nervous. I mean, it's film. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. What else you got, What Rob? I think is with that side of things, with the Deadpool side of things, it's kind of who has the loudest voice. I mean, you've got the marketers that are going to f- freak out thinking what if somebody brings their kids to this Disney movie that has swear words and stuff. The other thing about that with the marketer side, as soon as you have that R rating, you're not selling backpacks. You're not selling happy meals. You're not selling Coca-Cola sponsorships, stuff like that. And the marketers might get worried about that because, you know, they want to make as much money as possible. But the other side of things is there could be backlash if they censor it. You know, there's, there are fans of that movie, very loud fans of that right. movie. So it's, is it going to be the the million moms out there, which is a group that yells about movies with swear words in it, that saying, "Oh, Disney released this movie. You sh- we should never go to Disney World again." That are going to be the loudest, or the fans that are going to say, "You neutered my favorite character. This was the one superhero that was for me. Why are you doing that?" I th- I think the previous group is the bigger group. The the loudest more. Yeah, I, I think I think the censorship nuts are the larger group or the louder group. They're the louder. The, there's not more of them. I mean, the million moms is not. They call themselves that, but they're not a million moms. That's you know. But yes, I know. I see what you mean. They're they're definitely the loudest, and there are, you know, all different media types will be more than willing to be like, oh, you know, you you see the stories about like if some animator hid something in a Disney movie how offensive it is but well and 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 to the point i i honestly think that that the 
the first group would be the more the more vocal and the more problem causing than the second group because i think the second group would probably say oh you know what they screwed up my favorite superhero i'm not going to give them my money and that'll be the end of it whereas the other group will be like we need to boycott them don't go to their park this is stupid blah 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 disney is the devil you can't go see and whereas the first group is like yeah they screwed it up i won't give them my money yeah no, you're probably you're probably one hundred percent correct. But then again, and then they'll go see the X Men meets the Avengers movie, and they'll be fine. But yeah, then again, if they if the people that are most likely to give them the movie, I mean, look, these the people that are going to be ticked off about this anyway aren't going to see a violent movie anyway. So you could have a movie that would open up and make two hundred million, three hundred million, whatever it's going to make, and now it's not going to make that money because of the the people seeing it multiple times. So the money, in this case, the money talks. Right. But the, but the other, the other thing that you have to consider in that instance is that yes, you get the money from that, but how much revenue do you lose in all of your other properties? Because the other people are boycotting you. That's what, that's, that's the balance that they're trying to, that they're trying to weigh is, is yes, you could make that much money, but you could conceivably lose more if a boycott takes hold. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that there's rated R superhero movies helps the genre overall and i think it needs to stay that way mm-hmm. because yes. if every yes, superhero agree. movie is pg-13 you're going to start getting a lot of the villains that just want to take over the world want to destroy the world and that's it you can't get into the deeper conversations especially the ones that the x-men have to deal with because the, X- the x-men right. were put in there to talk were created about teenage alienation you know there's the idea of you know in real life of you know gay teens not being not wanting to come out to their parents and stuff like that. And those that's the same allegory as the X-Men with, you know, I'm a mutant. I don't want anyone to know. And of course there's the whole, there's the whole ties with the segregation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Segregation, you know, people, there's so many X-Men issues with people holding up signs that are saying like, you know, die muties, go home muties, that kind of stuff. And that stuff, I think Mm -hmm. that stuff's important. I mean, I'll tell, I'll, I'll say it because it's Hanukkah, by the way, thanks for wishing me a happy Hanukkah. You, anti-Semites heathens anti no you would I'm the heathen in this case uh, I believe uh, I, I'm going to yeah you are kidding kidding um, you know I, I remember very distinctly reading an old X-Men classic comic it was like re-release X-Men comics and it was the one of the introductions of Kitty Pride. and mm-hmm. she was the first Jewish character I ever saw in any media that was like a superhero it wasn't just like oh you're the accountant or the lawyer or whatever you're the you're the the nerdy friend of uh, Fred Savage in uh, Wonder Years, um, you know, and it was it was Kitty Pryde because she and she like had a Jewish star, and even though I was obviously not a teenage girl at the time, I'm still not actually. I, I actually like that's still one of my favorite characters, and I think that having R-rated characters, different characters dealing with different problems, is one of the things that sets Marvel apart. And it's stuff that can't be censored out. Plus, Deadpool's really funny. Really funny. Yeah, like really, really funny. If you haven't seen it, you should. Um, speaking of censorship, I, I know Jimmy had some issues with or had some concerns about horror. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to elaborate. You are, you are. Um, so... You know, I was looking earlier, the um, current horror properties, um, 
underneath the umbrella of Fox are only, um, in my opinion, to one that, you know, ones that could continue are pretty big ones or, or they're pretty big ones to me. That's aliens and predator. Now, yeah, a new predator movie is in the works currently being directed by Shane Black. And I'm pretty excited about it. I'm I'm not expecting great things, but I've hoped for a reboot to the Predator series for for the while. I was kind of hoping this one could be it. Is but, it good? Is it going to be Charles Barkley versus the Predator? Uh, no, it's actually Jake Busey versus the nice. Predator. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's actually yeah, old crazy. Crazy T's son. Um, <laughs> there's some other big names in there. You know, Keegan Michael Key is supposed to be in it, and uh, Olivia Munn. Oh, nice! Um, I like both of them. I mean, but where does it go? You know, is is Disney going to keep that? Are we are we going to see distribution un- under Touchstone? Maybe is that a possibility? Who knows? Um, I thought the most recent Alien movie, Alien Covenant. I thought it was enjoyable. I thought it was good. I thought it set up a good reboot for the series. Mm-hmm. And I know Ridley Scott wanted to be directly involved with that. I know Neil Blomkamp had his ideas on where he wanted to see it go as well. And see, I uh, I really think that would be a shame because, I mean, the, the second Alien movie, Aliens, uh, mm-hmm. I still think is one of the best, one of the best um, action um, movies. Yeah, like action sci-fi movies around. I mean, yeah. it, it still holds up today. I mean, it's it's a great movie. And, Agreed. And one, yeah, it's one of my favorites. One of the few that I always throw out for the sequels are not always um, terrible. Yeah, lesser than the original. Yeah. Because for the most part, sequels are crap. But that's one of the few exceptions where the sequel was actually better than the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. So. You know, those are some of the concerns that I have. Uh, all, although I guess in the grand scheme of things, minor. I just I'd like for those properties to continue because I'm. I wonder a fan who of we both. talk about more on the podcast. If is it James Wan or Shane Black? Because we've talked about Monster Squad more than anyone has talked about Monster Squad, and that was of course <laughs> that was of course written You're by welcome. Shane yeah. Black, and now we're talking about him again. Um, he, we, Shane Black was actually a character in Predator. Yeah, which one? Who was he? He was the guy with the big glasses. Okay. Are we talking the original Predator? Yeah. We should, we should. The director of the new Predator film oh. uh, was in the first Predator uh, Clearly, film. he should want to ring in the new year by being on a spe- very special Give Me Five podcast episode being interviewed by us. So, Shane, if you're out there listening, call us. <laughs> Shane Black actually played – yeah, call us Shane Black. He played Hawkins. Okay. Okay. Neat. Um, somebody- oh, it's got. It's also got um, Alfie Alfie Turner, who is, or uh, Greyjoy. Oh, I was yeah. gonna say that's Theon, okay. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's not Turner. It's uh, is it? No, it's not Turner. Alfie Allen. Alfie Allen. Alfie Allen. I'm sorry. Alfie L- Allen. Lily well. Allen's little there brother. Are- yes, correct. I, I keep thinking Alfie Warder. <laughs> totally different in every possible way. <laughs> in every conceivable except both way. Right, except they're both totally really good different. actors. Thomas Jane is in it. 
It'd be a shame for that to be scrapped. Thomas Jane. That's all you yeah, needed to say, Thomas Jane. And I was I was buying my ticket. Uh, let's see. the um, Some of the other stuff that's a little bit more, you know, uh, more industry size is a lot of these shows are on the Fox network, which I don't, which would not be going over. So, so what that would mean is that Disney would actually have control over content that is going on a Fox network, which in some cases could be problematic, especially when it comes to things like family guy and the Simpsons, Mm. which again, I don't think they're going to try to acquire this stuff to censor it. I just, I really don't. I hope not. You know, I, I would not be surprised if they if it doesn't become roped into an offshoot name so that the average person doesn't realize it's the same company. Um, the example I gave today was you know Toyota and Lexus kind of thing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if okay. they did that kind of thing and left some of the you know like the Fox entities in another thing. But it would mean that Fox is it has their channels, which are still big. They'll make big money, and they have long-term deals signed with some of these shows so it's not like disney can buy up the simpsons and say no so even if this does happen it's going to take years to kind of iron everything out because they can't just cancel now it. now does does disney still keep the fox name because i mean if no they're buying the the fox property no okay because they could still keep it as fox if that's the case i mean if they're buying the actual the actual uh product and the name then they could just keep it as fox right sure. um I think so. I mean, because it was it's 20th Century Fox, so who knows? Okay. Um, but then again, that would also still strongly relate them with like the political channel, so maybe not. Yeah, I mean, the latest article I read is on Variety right now. It's uh, it was written three hours ago. It's ten o'clock, ten thirty Eastern time, and most of the conversation is about like how they can't conceive. Rupert Murdoch actually selling the channel. I mean, this also would include if they sell the, all the channels, it'd be FX, National Geographic channels, um, a thirty percent stake in Hulu, uh, Star India, which is a hmm. the biggest station in the one of the most populous countries on the planet. Um, all this stuff. I mean, it would even possibly include Fox Searchlight, which would mean movies like The Shape of Water that Jimmy is so excited to see would theoretically, you know, be have to be released by Disney. And it's not, you know, hmm. if anyone knows about that movie, it's a, it's kind of a non-horror horror movie in a way, which we'll talk about it eventually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot. It's going to be interesting what to see what happens tomorrow. And there's a lot of news tomorrow, of course, coming out. But we'll have to see. So, um, uh, on a stock-related note, the stocks of Disney and Fox are both soaring at the moment. Get your stocks quick. So, final takeaways. To wrap up this discussion, what do you guys think? What are your your pro or con? I I would say that as far as as far as their comic book properties are concerned, that it's a great addition. Um, being able to include the X Men and being able to include the Fantastic Four in their universe is fan is a fantastic addition for their Marvel Cinematic Universe. The nerd inside of me that didn't sound right at all, and I'm really glad Rob didn't say something immediately. <laughs> <laughs> okay gentlemen it was so uh, it was so wrong sounding that rob actually lost his mind he there were so many things he could have said that he didn't <laughs> i was my mouth was hanging open i was like ah, i couldn't get it out fast enough and now you oh, did it. wow 
Okay. Moving on. So the nerdy side of me was very excited of the potential storylines. You know, the X-Men Avengers, they need a way to reboot the Avengers. They This also means Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four could help reboot the Avengers with new characters, which they need to do at some point when these guys get old. Um, same with X-Men. That side of me is all in. Um, the censorship side of me, I don't see too much of a problem. I don't think it's going to happen. I think people were really scared about the Star Wars movies being bought by – Star Wars, Lucas being bought by Disney – and I've been very happy with the results, and I don't – I think it's actually even less commercialized with unnecessary parts than the prequels. Like you don't have the Jar Jar Binks in there trying to sell a toy. Um, my opinion hasn't – I haven't seen the movie yet, of course, but the, my opinion on Porgs is very positive. So unless there's a major Porg incident in the movies, I I'm, I think I'm good with that. So, But there's another part of me that – likes innovation and likes competition you know i i remember in the in the mid 90s when all these independent films were coming out and you got great stuff like pulp fiction and you know clerks and blair witch and stuff that was completely different than everything else because there was so many different companies grabbing this stuff so i'm very torn i mean i can't do anything about it yeah and and look and looking looking at our notes, um, uh, one of the other one of the other points that that we had made was that what does it mean for Universal with their Simpsons area and the Marvel stuff? And honestly, I don't think it will affect either of those because I think I think the contracts that Universal has in place to hold those properties will still be in place at least until the the contract period runs out. If it does, if it ever does, I mean, I don't know how the contracts are, are written, but that's but that's exactly why Disney is not allowed to sell. Um, uh, Marvel properties inside the park. They can sell it at Disney Springs, but they can't have like the 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 Marvel stuff inside the park because Universal owns um, exclusive rights to theme park Marvel stuff east of the Mississippi. They can do it. They can do it in Los Angeles, but they can't do it east of the that. Mississippi. It's interesting. Uh, this also does mean, of course, there's a licensing thing for Avatar as well. So Disney with Pandora, they're paying a licensing fee for all of the Avatar stuff, so they can expand that as well because it would be there you know with the movies coming out again depending on how they do it's an additional property and pure profit at this point because right now they're paying some sort of licensing fee i don't know what the numbers are but it has to be licensed by from fox so they actually i mean they clearly have some sort of they probably already have some sort of relationship because of that and hopefully they do expand it because it's tiny yeah and awesome cool. i did finally see it the other day and also got oh, very did nauseous really? on the flight of passage, like very nauseous. You got nausage. Nauseous. <laughs> they don't yeah. sell that there. There's our title. <laughs> Get nausage in Pandora. I got nausage. Nausages. I got nausage. My big kind of pro takeaway from this, I was talking about it earlier. I think this is uh, – time for the X-Men to finally get right, to finally get the costumes correct, uh, mostly seeing Wolverine in that yellow suit and for them to finally cast who should, you know, buy all, you know, opinions out there should be Danzig playing Wolverine. So no, he's old. I don't care. There's, he, he, should play, be computers. he can play old Wolverine There's computers. And stuff. No, like, like he's like bad old and like he should be out buying cat litter. He does that already. <laughs> 
does do that. Uh, that's a reference, Rob, to a picture you're probably not seeing of Glenn Danzig, like leaving a Target carrying a giant bag, a giant canister of, of Catler. Yes, I, I have not seen that. With his, it's pretty good. So, by this time, by the time this recording is out, we'll already have the news. Hopefully, all the details, and we can talk about it later. Yeah, the speculation at this point. We'll see what happens tomorrow. With more than one thing. And now I'm about to spoiler the hell out of st- spoiler the hell out of some stuff for you guys. So if you watch Walking Dead and you don't want to be spoiled, go away. All right, I'll be back later. Yeah. Yep. I'm putting my headphones down. Rob, you're about to get spoiled, but I've um, already had some of it spoiled, so it's okay. Yeah. I unfortunately so... am behind in this respect, so that is my own fault, and I will not blame anybody for that. Yeah. Full discretion. <laughs> Trying to warn you guys here. Um, full discretion, I am also significantly far behind. I I lost my means of watching the show, my legal means of watching the show, because I don't break the law and I'm a good boy. I haven't seen it. Um, but by this point, it's been all spoiled for me. So go on, sir. Okay, so the mid-season finale of The Walking Dead happened. I believe it was episode eight, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong. Um all of the various storylines basically throughout the season. It was broken up per episode, uh, multiple things happening per episode, but all the various characters that you know and love from The Walking Dead were attacking various outposts that belong to Negan, uh, who's the head of the Saviors, who's kind of a villain group. Uh, If you want to know who Negan is, he's basically um, Kevin Spacey's character from Bugs Life, where he sends his grasshoppers out to various areas and asks them to make get food for him. That's basically what he does in this ship. Wow. He's sending out the saviors to various communities and wow. asking, and bake, making them. Uh, is that not, am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're not. It blows my mind. I think you made him even. I think you made him even more evil by comparing him to Kevin Spacey. That is true, especially the, also these days. But um, that's that's basically the idea. You know, he he uh, sends people out to basically tell people like, hey, we're going to protect you. If you make us have supplies. Anyway, that group is currently stuck in their main headquarters because our heroes, and I say that in quotes, decided to break down a wall and release a whole horde of zombies around this group, basically making a zombie barricade. Uh, By the end of this season, the main character, one of the main characters, Rick, went back to that facility and saw that all the zombies were gone and that the place was basically abandoned. Uh, it's, you know, the apocalypse, so they can't really get in touch with people. So all of these other, you know, good guy groups are out there attacking various areas and they have no way of really communicating with each other. So some of them are basically going to walk into ambushes. Actually, all of them are going to walk into ambushes. And I thought it really tied up the season very well. Uh, this was actually a very action-packed season. I thought a little bit of the editing and some of the times when they decided to jump away from certain pieces of action were a little weird, hmm. okay. but like jarring the, the time like, switches. Hey. They were trying to be clever with the time switches. And I don't, I think that the, in this case they didn't trust their content and the content was actually worthwhile, hmm. which, you know, they, you can heavily edit something that's very kind of inane and make it look cool. But in this case, I don't think they needed to do that. Um, of course, there's still that weird, garbage pail kid group who is showing up again and i'm i don't get their deal uh but hmm 
and the, the, it just there's a whole thing with the way they talk and the the lead character of that alpha group talks. No, it's not those guys. It's a really? different group just for the show. Yeah, and she's got weird bangs and she talks very strangely, like just words, like leader group come like but the apocalypse in this case has been going on for like maybe a year and all of a sudden these people are making up their own languages like it's weird and they try like that part i don't like but anyway so there's some stuff there um early in this season i think it was actually the first episode of the season rob will know this part um there carl who's the main character's son was going to help a guy at a gas station Mm mm-hmm kind of tying back into the very first ever episode where he was looking under a car and there's a little girl in the first episode, but in this one, it was kind of the same shot, but it was a guy. And as Carl was about to help him, uh, Rick shot above his head to basically chase him off. Yes. And they kept on that scene for a lot longer than I thought they would have. Like, so I, you had to, you had to know that, okay, they showed this person's face. This has to come back. So, Carl eventually throughout the season saves that guy's life in the woods. And that was, I believe episode six. So two episodes ago saves his life in the woods and, you know, basically brings him back to their camp, realizes he's a good guy. Um, And Jimmy will, I guess, know the character, his name is Sadiq, which you kind of recently learned, I guess, but he's a character in the comic because you read that, correct? I'm a little behind on that as well. Okay. So either way, brings him back. The, uh, this Negan character attacks the main base or the main city, Alexandria. And the kid, Carl, who's Rick's son, basically stands up on the wall and says, look, if you have to kill someone, kill me. Negan is surprised and is like, you know, wow, your, your dad raised you to have some balls. Why would, you know, why do you want to do this? No, we have to kill your dad, et cetera, et cetera. The episode goes on. At the very end of the episode, Rick comes back. Carl has basically saved the community by escorting everyone out, by talking trash on top of this wall and saying, hey, kill me. And meanwhile, everyone's kind of going out the back door. And um, it's revealed that Carl basically wanted to risk his life because he was already dying. Um, It was – he got bitten by a zombie while saving that Sadiq character. So clearly they did show him for a reason. And if you went back and look at that episode, you actually do see him get bitten. It's just kind of – there's a zombie on top of him and another one kind of like – Goes in from the side. Yeah, it goes in from the side. They're laying like in the woods and you can actually see it happen. And in fact, I saw it when it when I was watching it and I was like, wow, that, that, that zombie must be a bad bite because like it happens kind of off screen. It's a weird angle. And I was like, that must be a weird mistake. And it turned out that he actually got bitten. So once you get bitten, you are going to die unless it's like your arm or something that can be cut off. You can't cut off your chest, basically. Right. Um, so, and the actor has said he's out. His father has complained. Like, I don't believe that this kid gave his whole life for the show, and all of a sudden he's getting fired. So the, there is some bad blood there, at least the father, not the kid. The His real father, his birth father. Um, and... I I don't know if I was shocked because the kid's turning 18. I always thought he was going to be leaving soon anyway for college, but he's still alive in the comic. And the comic is like 60 to a 60, if not more episodes or issues ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought he was one of the only ones in the comic who had actually survived and went on. Uh, not the only, but I mean, him, Michonne, Rick, 
Uh, Andrea is actually still alive in the I comic. Was gonna, not I was going to say Andrea. Yeah, Andrea was another one. But you know, I was. It was interesting, and the one thing I really liked was this didn't really happen because it was Rick's fault, and it didn't happen because of some other faction. It just happened in the result of of living. And if it was Rick's fault, he would be dark and brooding again. And some of the problems I think Jimmy has with the show and a lot of people is that like Rick has been like grumpy Rick for like three, four years. And I understand that that's probably accurate, but it's not fun to watch people like pontificating the meaning of life while there's a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. So I think that, um, it's going to be a good thing. And I think that what this probably does is I'm sure Carl, they said already that episode nine will be his last episode, the next one. And it starts, uh, February 25th, 2018. And they're basically saying that Carl is going to try his best to convince Rick that you can't just kill all of these other groups because they see you basically the same way as you see them. And it's going to sort of possibly, as weird as it sounds, it might actually lighten up the show a little bit. So, I'm interested. Um, you know, I'm I'm ex- I'm kind of excited to see what happens when, when they get back in two months or three months, whenever it is. Nice. So, were you Were you sufficiently spoiled, Rob? I I I was sufficiently spoiled. Yes, I'm spoiling Good. as we sit. Gross. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> well. Um, I, I plan on being caught up by the time it comes back on the 25th. I mean, I think I'm only one episode behind that particular episode. Um, but it sounds like I'm still going it from what you said, I'm, I still plan on watching it anyway, just cause I want to see it. But I, no, I said it way better than they ever could. Yeah. Yeah. No, I doubt that. Um, so, but yeah, so I'll have caught up. And I mean, I, I still really enjoy the show. I, I know that Jimmy's kind of moved on for various reasons, but I, I still really enjoy the show. I, I try to watch it. I know a, a lot of interest has waned recently, it seems. Like a lot of the people that I've talked to who were gung-ho followers of the show have kind of ebbed in their interest, if you will. Yeah, it's not, as, it's not talk about at the office the next day why water cooler t- chat because like that doesn't isn't really a thing anymore but like people don't like oh my god did you see it mm-hmm. quite mm-hmm. as much anymore that's definitely game of thrones territory at this point yeah it was yeah. uh for me the last water cooler chats were about the office are you guys still talking about the walking dead we are oh, okay go yeah. ahead Whatever. i'll go back to play <laughs> pokemon <laughs> So, but yeah, I, I plan on getting caught up and I, and like I said, I do still enjoy the, the show. So I will continue to watch it at least until they jump the shark, if you will. So who knows when that'll be, but I'll keep watching. As of this point, it has not been renewed for season nine. And usually at this point it has been in previous seasons. They've usually had it renewed before the mid season finale. Hmm. So I'm not, I'm, but it's a huge cash cow because between that show and, and, uh, uh, the after show talking dead right and even and it's it's put amc on the map so i don't think it's just going to be let go they might get budget cuts but i don't think it's going to stop okay yeah. all right well i will i will move us on from from walking dead 
to another type of horror. You've got my attention. Yeah, there you go. Um, and I'll move on to the genre of Christmas horror. And this this actually, I'll, I'll start by saying that this actually <laughs> was going to be the inspiration for our Give Me Five, um, our question at the end of the show. However, um, given the the short notice for the five, um, I, I think Jimmy and myself are far less versed in the in the Christmas horror genre than Greg is. And, and I, I realized I've got a fetish for Christmas horror movies because I've seen like a majority you, of them. You totally do. There was um, also, speaking to Rob's point, um, there there was also some controversy as to what was and what wasn't truly a Christmas, Christmas horror. Yes, yeah, so we're going to set some rules and probably get back to you guys, I think. Yes, but but I will put out the call to our listeners. Um, if you guys can come up with your five favorite Christmas horror movies and let us know what they are. We're going to try and prep for it in one of the episodes coming up, um, hopefully before the end of the year. Um, and we'll get back to you with our five, but perhaps you can hit us up with your five and we'll even go over them when we do it on our show. Yeah. So, so I, I was recently at Best Buy and I was looking at the the new releases, the movies that have recently come out. And I and as I was browsing the selection, I came across this one that was called Better Watch Out. And looking at it, I'm like, oh, this totally looks up my alley. It looks like a like a B horror movie, you know, kind of kind of no name people in it. Um, probably totally cheesy. Um, I might want to check this out. Well, I I turned it on, started watching it. And my first note is, is that it is not necessarily a B horror movie Um, that it seems like it's actually got really good production value. It's actually a, I really enjoyed it. I'll I'll, I'll just tell you right up front. Um, It, and it did not have that B horror movie vibe to it. It seemed like a legitimate movie. Um, I don't know if it was actually released in theaters though. Um, Like a low A. What's that? Patrick, like a low Patrick Warburton, isn't it? Virginia Madsen. Those are some pretty yeah. decent names. Yeah, they're not in it very long. They play the mother. They play the mother and the father. But Patrick Warburton and Virginia Madsen are both in the movie uh, very briefly. Um, but the stars of the movie are Olivia De Jong and Levi Miller. Um, neither of whom was I familiar with. But one of the characters I was familiar with was, and we've talked about before on this show, is. Dacre Montgomery, I, I think I'm saying his name right. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, but Dacre Montgomery actually played the older brother in the most recent season of Stranger Things. He played oh, the jerk. Okay. Oh. So he he played Max's older brother. Oh, okay. So he's actually in the movie. Again, he does not have a very large part either, but it he he did have a part in it. Well, I was um, always really looking close to see who has the biggest part. I do. I do. It's a thing. Um, so this this movie is set during Christmas. Um, it's It doesn't really involve Christmas so much as it's just set during Christmas. Um, you know, like the house is decorated for Christmas. There's snow on the ground. The lights are outside. There is a light-up Santa that gets a cameo. Um, <laughs> but But... The, the the premise of the story is that the there's a babysitter who comes to watch um, the son for the night 
and chaos ensues when a home invasion happens. And it's not your typical home invasion. I don't want to give away too much because there's a twist involved with that, but it's not your typical home invasion. And she ends up having to defend the, uh, the 12 year old who, who um, is the son. So she ends up defending the son from the home invasion. Now, like I said, there is a twist. And as the movie went on, I'm like, damn, this movie is twisted. What is going on here? These, this <laughs> is, and oh, man, it was, it was actually really enjoyable, really good. The ending was great, but then there's a scene like after the initial credits roll that I was like, oh, what? No, stop. So it's. It, it, wait, hold on. I, I need you to explain that. Was it, it ruined the movie or it was like super violent or it was awesome? It, it's, it's a extension of the movie, basically. Okay. Okay. So, right. so it's like, oh, now I got to know what happened, but they don't tell you what happened after that. Oh, okay. oh, that kind of scene. Okay, got it. Yeah, you're like, oh no, what? Stop! Oh, did the twelve uh, year old in this movie play a convincing twelve year old? Um, like, did the twelve year old look like he was nineteen? No, he did not. Okay, but I didn't necessarily buy that he was twelve either. I would have, I, I would have put him closer to the fourteen range. All right, fourteen, fifteen, something like that. Um, like like right before high school, I did not buy that he was twelve, and I I certainly wasn't convinced that he actually needed a babysitter. If that makes any sense, I got you. He he appeared at least in the movie he appeared too Competent. old for right he appeared too old for a babysitter. I believe at the time um, he played this he was probably fifteen. He was born in two thousand two. The actor. So in the, okay, he just came yeah. out this year. So he's either fifteen or fourteen. And and actually looking at looking at the release date, it actually does say that it came out in twenty sixteen. Okay. Um, but I guess it was just released on video uh, recently. Gotcha. Um, and he's going to be a huge name soon because he's the lead in the Wrinkle in Time movie, which is one of the big, big budget kids movies coming out. Oh, nice, nice, yeah. And that's another one I'm looking forward to. But the um, the movie was actually really enjoyable, and I I, I really don't want to spoil too much about it because as the movie progresses, there's a, there's some great stuff in the middle of the movie, and I I really want our listeners to be able to experience that, and I'd like you guys to be able to experience that as well because I want I want you to see it and tell me what you thought. But this this would definitely be one of the four movies I had on my on my five list for Christmas horror movies because yeah. I as I was going through our Christmas horror horror movie list I was like man I think I've only seen like four movies that would yeah, qualify for this list. There's seventy eight so, of them, and as I was reading there is, and as I was reading through the list I either was like I've seen that I've seen that I've seen that or there are or I really want to see that ooh I want to see that there, one too. There are two that I need to watch. Before we dive in, two B. Which ones? Black Christmas, yeah, and Silent Night, Deadly Night. Okay, yeah, and <laughs> and two two others that I that I have that I have been interested that I that I think I need to check out are Santa's Sleigh and <laughs> Jack Frost and, and Jack Frost. Yep. Yeah. Oh God, Jack Frost. Not the one with Michael Keaton. No, no, the the one with Shannon Elizabeth. I've seen it. Hey, we met her. Yeah. Yeah, you did. 
But Santa Slay actually had an interesting had an interesting um, premise on it, where where Santa is actually a demon who lost a bet with an angel, so as a result, he has to go around giving toys to children, and it's what happens when, years, when right when the when the bet expires and he's allowed to go back to being who he wants to or who he is, and it's Santa's S L A Y, correct? Yeah, that one looks pretty good as well. I haven't seen, that is one I haven't seen. Well, yeah, I'm. So- Looking forward to checking out Better Watch Out. But yeah, you you guys should definitely check out Better Watch Out and let me know what you think of it. Because like I said, I actually really enjoyed it. And I was surprised at the... This is going to sound really terrible, but I was surprised at the quality of the film. No, I understand that completely. Well, if I do see it, I'm going to have to borrow it from you. It is not currently available on any streaming. I looked it up, but you can get it. um, You can actually get it for about $6.99 on Amazon. Um, You can get it at Best Buy, as Rob said, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I also uh, know where Rob lives, so I'm just going to borrow it. You you think you're going to borrow it when I when I pick up my wand holder? <laughs> All right, so that will take us into our give me five for the evening. And like I said, our initial question um, ended up getting thrown out. We had to postpone it simply because Jimmy and I don't have the movie Acumen. library that Greg does. Okay, so our question is going to be our our top five Christmas songs, and I know that uh, that Greg is going to be a little bit bitter and and go Hanukkah, but that's okay because it's still holidays. We'll, we'll do holiday. We'll do holiday songs. No, no, no. Our top I'm, not five of, I'm not one of those people. I'm, I've got I've got my list. All right. Well, the who who would like to go first? I think it was actually me who said, well, why don't we do this instead? Okay. So I'll go first. Um, this one comes kind of easily to me. This I, I'm not the biggest fan of Christmas music in the world, but I'm also not a Grinch or a mm-hmm. Scrooge when it comes to Christmas music. Greg. <laughs> I had a situation. Actually. We'll talk about that. <laughs> okay. I'm actually going to start from the – uh, top down this time. I know I generally go out of order, but I'm going to tie this into a previous topic from tonight, I promise. So, my number five is Thank God It's Christmas by Queen because Freddie Mercury. Yeah. My next song that comes on, <laughs> it, and it's there are two songs that come on when I'm in a department store, or I'm in Lowe's or the Home Depot or something that I always kind of perk up a little bit when they come on is Melakaliki Maka by Bing Crosby. Excellent. All right. Excellent All right. pronunciation. Thank you. I would still, I would I sing still it be every year. trying to pronounce it. Melakaliki Maka is the thing to say. Gotta throw on the king of rock and roll. That is uh, Blue Christmas by Elvis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number two is where it starts to get real fun. It's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens, or Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. Nice. And a song... That I just totally forgot about that actually played during the very beginning of Psych is Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight by the Ramones. Awesome. Okay. Nice. We'll save Greg for last. So I'll go ahead and give you my five. Um, my my number five is going to be White Christmas. Um number five and number four actually both are ones that whenever they come on, I I just enjoy singing them so i like to sing along with these two uh white christmas and chestnuts roasting on an open fire all right 
Um, I, I just like the way they sound. They're nice. They're nice and slow. They've got a nice deep, deep sound to them. And I really enjoy it. Um, my number three is one that it's, it's my comedy entrant. As you know, I always include a comedy entrant. Uh, but my number three has got to be grandma got run over by a reindeer. So much fun. I, it is. <laughs> it, 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 it's great to just sing along with. Um, and it's, it's entertaining. My number two actually is is one of one of the cooler one of the cooler sounding songs. Um, I look forward to hearing it every year because it you know it's it's typically like a yearly thing, but it, it you hear it on the radio almost every year now. But it's the Christmas Eve Sarajevo twelve twenty four by Trans Siberian Orchestra. It's got such a cool sound to it with the with the electric guitar playing the Christmas music and the like really hard rock rhythms that they have pushing along the Christmas songs. It's like a nice little twist on on several I believe there's several Christmas songs that are actually mashed into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, if you haven't heard it, you you've probably heard it, you just didn't you've know heard what it, it was called. Every it, one of those YouTube videos of people that sync their lights to a song, it's usually that song. Yes, it's usually that song. And I think um, it's also because a song it's, that usually tends to run with like commercials where people get Lexuses at the end of them. I'm pretty sure they use that in some, and they use them in commercials as well. But anyway, okay, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised because it, it, it is it is some great music. It's just some some really nice hard rock beats along with a Christmas uh, Christmas song um, melody to it. So it's really it's great. Very well composed. Agreed. It, it is, it is. Um, but my number one, and it's one that I look forward to, but I don't necessarily hear on the radio all the time. And a lot of several years, I've had to actually look it up and play it on on like YouTube or something to be actually to actually be able to hear it. It's a song called Christmas Shoes. Um, it's such a beautiful and touching song. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's about a a I guess you'd say an underprivileged little boy who's trying to buy his mother a Christmas present at the store. And the song is actually being told by the guy who's standing behind him in line. And he's trying to buy these shoes for his mother. Um, And it's he, because she's been sick and he says, daddy says she doesn't have much time. And I want her to look beautiful if mama meets Jesus tonight. And that's the end of the chorus. And it's like, oh my God, that is so, oh. See, Rob is being the sappy one for the first time ever. And I'm like, I was waiting for, I was waiting for the turn. I was going to be like, okay, what, what, what offensive thing happens? But there was no turn. Yeah, no, no, it's, it, there, there, there's no turn. It's, it's sappy. It hits you right in the feels. I love the song. Um, and it's, it's a great story to the song. I think it even, sp- it even spawned like a Hallmark movie or something like Everything that. Everything sappy um, has spawned a Hallmark movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's, it's, it is, it is my favorite Christmas song and I look forward to it and I listen to it every year. Okay. So Greg hit us up. Okay. First of all, disclaimer, I like Christmas. I have Christmas lights on my house. I enjoy the season. I hate Christmas carols with a passion. I never understand people. I've been in cars with people in like June on road trips <laughs> that decide to put on Christmas carols, and I want to toss them from the the moving car. And it and it's hilarious that the list you put up was horror Christmas films. Anyway, <laughs> so that being said, the other part of this was on my honeymoon. We went to Atlantis, the the resort, 
and it's in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And actually, my my wedding anniversary is in forty five minutes from now. My ninth wedding anniversary, and we are congratulations. Thank you, thank you. So we went. So it was in December. We went to Atlantis, and they had reggae versions of like three Christmas songs playing on loop throughout the entire resort for the entire for whatever however many days it was. The same three songs. And you lost your mind, didn't Steel you? drum versions of like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Jingle Bells over and over again, but you couldn't get away from it. It was in the planters. It was in the, the water area. It was in the aquarium. It was in the hallways to our room. It was in the lobby. The same four songs over and over again. So that really cemented the deal on my Christmas carols. So while I don't dislike Christmas, here's my list. Number one, Fuck Christmas by Fear. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Which is a punk song. Uh, by the band Fear, I believe it was their second song, uh, their second release that they uh, that they released, and it um, you know it, pr- it pretty much says it all. Uh, <laughs> number uh, four, uh, I hate Christmas by Ren and Stimpy, and uh, it was Ren and Stimpy actually released a Christmas album. Uh, this one, song actually happens to be pretty good. It has a really good jazzy kind of bluesy guitar and bass line to it. So it's not just a it's a funny song in general, but it, whatever. Um, my my number three is a repeat. I'm sensing a theme. No, no my number three is actually a repeat from Jimmy's. Um, it was going Ooh. to be Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh, but <laughs> it did get it, he he loves me and definitely. I love you. But it did get bumped for Run DMC Christmas and Hollis, which is nice because Run DMC is great, and I I, I love I've st- I, that song is one of the ones I will play during the, the Christmas season. Number two, I'm also repeating one. And that is Christmas Eve, Sarajevo twelve twenty four. That nice. It is a great song. The thing that some of you guys won't know, but I won't. I I do. Is that most of the guys in that band are from a band called Savatage, S A V A T A G E, who were a kind of an eighties metal version of Dream Theater in a way. And I used to love those guys back in high school. Uh, they had an album called Gutter Ballet, which is still probably, especially in the winter, one of my most played albums. And had this really cool cover with like a ghostly ballet dancer and and really good piano and it's just a really good song. So um, when I heard that they part of that band became um, uh, the what is it Trans Siberian Orchestra, I went ahead with it. Mm-hmm. And my number one, and this is I listened to this song nonstop during Christmas, especially in college, is Red Water by Typo Negative off of the album October Rust, which is the most depressing song ever written, and it's great. Wow, you work some typo into this list, and I love you for that. the 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 title of the song is is Redwater, but the in parentheses it's Christmas Morning M O U R N I N G, and it's the reason why I like it is it actually does remind you to pay attention to the holidays, like it it really does remind you because it's basically talking about celebrating Christmas after people that you love have gone, and so, you know, my, my uncle just passed away, you know, my father, my father's gone. My uncle passed away like two weeks ago. My father's gone, stuff like that. So there's a deeper side to that other than my other funny ones. But like, it just talks about that stuff. And I, it, I just, with cold weather, you know, we actually have some. And the way that song, the way that yeah, song it was like 40 degrees. And morning. the way that song like incorporates actual, you know, some Christmas music, um, which I don't know the name of the song. The dun, 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 dun. It's kind of built into the song. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's great. It's a great song. So that is my, that is my number one all-time Christmas song. It's, 
Give it, give it, give it, give it, Garmin. Yeah, that, yeah basically. <laughs> Typo negative has made it to one of my lists. I win. Nice. Yeah. yeah you kind of won that one. So do we try and put together a five? I was I was just going to say that I don't know that we can actually put together a five from that. I don't think we can put together a five just because everyone has their own Christmas memories from that. Yeah. And it's like, who can, like, I can't judge Rob's Christmas memories and, you know, we can't, well, I, I'm, I can judge Jimmy's Christmas memories, but. We, we judge Jimmy yeah. all the time, so. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> so. But we would still love to hear from our listeners and tell us what your favorite five Christmas exactly. songs are. Are you guys still talking about The Walking Dead? No, no. No, we we stopped doing that a while ago. Also, okay. the Hanukkah song is 1A or 1B. There you go. Yeah, and to repeat uh, what Rob said, not to beg, but please send us your top five list for anything yep. for this year. Could be album covers, could be movies, could be heroes, could be events, could be political. It's fine. You know, hit us up. Let us know what you think. Um, and then the other thing, just some scheduling news. Uh, this Friday, that movie that Jimmy didn't talk about came out, is coming out. Actually, Thursday night, really. Um, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. We are probably going to try to record. Never yeah, heard of it. It, it. There's you haven't seen any ads for it or anything. Interesting. Nothing. So anyway, it's one with uh, Spock, right? Yes, yes. So we're going to try to see that and and record a special episode on that one because I'm guessing we are going to talk about that a lot. And we'll try to get that out to you as soon as possible, maybe with some guests. Oh, you're damn right we're talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. I'm pumped. I cannot wait. Awesome. So we're going to – I've already got my tickets for Friday afternoon. I think Rob's got tickets where he's going to be nauseous for Friday evening. Oh, Um, God. Jimmy will see it at some point. Yeah, and and I'll – I'll discuss it because I meant to discuss it when we talked about um, Coco, yeah. but you did a little bit, it, but yeah, the, I, I'll be seeing it in the 4d X theater where the seats actually move around and jar you around a little bit. And I think I'm going to regret it, but I'll, I'll let you guys know how it goes. So we're going to do that. And then of course, this, so that episode will be kind of a standalone special episode specifically because mm-hmm. I know there's going to be a bunch of spoilers in that one. And we don't want people to, that haven't seen the movie yet to not be able to listen. And then of course, yeah, we are, we will probably do another episode before Christmas that will be more of a Christmas themed episode where we'll talk about Christmas movies and that kind of stuff. And then, and I'll be, uh, I'll have a holly jolly happy time. And of course, then our year end episode. I don't think that's what no. people say. Well, I'll, I'll have a, a gay old time. No, it's the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love you, Greg. (laughs) Anyway, love you too, Rob. I'm going to, uh, then we are going to do the year end spectacular in which we give away our awards, the fiveies to the top movies, books, things, trends, all that stuff of 2017. And, uh, there will actually be trophies. Jimmy's going to print them out. He's going to print print them out and, Oh, nice. <laughs> these random people that have no idea who we are are going to receive random envelopes with small 3D printed <laughs> trophies in them. Don't hey, open that. That'll be a great way to expand our listener base. They'll be like, what is this crap? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should check this out. 
Who are these three dorks? <laughs> Production on the Punisher season two was stopped today as an as an unusual package arrived on set and they had to call in the bomb squad. Three men have been arrested in connection with sending a weird figurine <laughs> to Jennifer Lawrence or whoever. Anyway, so that is our episode number 19. Thank you guys for listening. Rob? Stick to the road, keep clear of the moors, and beware of the moon. Jimmy? Yabba dabba doo! <laughs> Here comes Hanukkah. So much Hanukkah to celebrate Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Instead of one day of presents, we have eight crazy nights. Well, I have Christmas lights in my bedroom. Yeah, but that's for a completely other reason. I like to party. Wait, did we discuss the Hagrid costume and the left eye Lisa Lopez? We did not. Nossages.